It's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hello, strange world. Welcome to the Aldergate Papers. My name is Adrian Ward, and these singed and crumpled pages are my diary, a record of the final days of my former life. I remember almost nothing of the story they contain. All I know is that it ends with me very nearly being killed and that it may not be entirely unrelated to some of the strange things that seem to be happening lately. If there's any truth in the odd fragments of memory that I just can't seem to shake, well, there are things you deserve to know. Things that may help you to understand what's going on, and what's coming. We rejoin our hero on the threshold of his once and future home. This is Day One, Part Two, The Return of the Prodigal. Torches burned on the walls of the western Barbican, which marked the end of the road as far as your limousine was concerned. The university hasn't got much to fear from marauding royalists or rioting townies these days. Those brazen gates probably haven't been closed since the 1600s. Still, one does not simply drive into Aldergate, a fact you'd somehow forgotten. <sighs> Made you feel a proper idiot, because of course it's always been like that. Aldergate's you-shall-not-pass policy towards through-traffic, that is, not you-forgetting things. The forgetfulness is a recent development, and then only in spots. Some things you remember with crystalline clarity. Be sure to phone when you're on your way, Baz said. I'll have a couple of porters waiting to take your things, Baz said. You can borrow my car if you like, Baz offered. If you'll want one yourself, I'm sure it can be arranged, but it may take a little while. You've no idea how complicated the approval process is. And then she went on to explain just how complicated it was. And explain. Oof. You're used to unknotting red tape but the ancient writ of Aldergate University is a web that would tangle spiders. It's all very well you being in charge of this place, self old boy, but thank mercy you'll have Baz here to run it. Anyhow, where were you? Ah, yes, lurking in the doorway. Your driver seemed silently sympathetic, but helpless to help. The western Barbican sports a rank of steel traffic bollards that, like the Duchess of Athol's knickers, descend, perhaps, for some, but not for thee. 
So, there you were, what? Alone on the nighted pavement beneath a lowering sky, with zero porters in sight and two suitcases you'd mistakenly packed with paving stones. Plus your dear old leather satchel, of course. Bursting with the homework Baz has assigned you, and sibling nestled snugly in the middle. Well, how else should she enter the sacred city but on the back of a priceless ass? So, heave ho. You manage it all right, sturdy pack mule that you are. Made it all in one stagger, no stopping to have a heart attack or anything. Of course, the exertion and the darkness did put a crimp in your sightseeing. The grand old gas lamps that line the altar are magnificent, swoopsy, Art Nouveau things, but they're more for casting attractive shadows than really lighting up the place. You'd no attention to spare for nostalgia, anyhow. Not then. But the time will come. The pressure's building. Cracks are opening in the dikes of memory. Fifteen years away. Just think. Back in Aldergate again. And it's all just so there, you know? You walk through the Barbican and straight into the beating heart of history. Past, present, future. To your left, the glowering flints of the school militant. The siege-proof outer face of the original five colleges, defying foe and friend alike since 1141. And to your right, across the river, that dynamic mechanical wall thing that Barrow Hall was building along the backs when you left. Clockwork pixels, close-knit stacks of hexagonal rods, each turning independently on their spindles from gleaming brass to a deep, oily bronze. Not sure if it's functional art or just artistically functional. It was carrying a video feed when you arrived. In sidelong glances, you watched your own little wavering shapes struggle past Queensmead College, dark against the darkness. Past the Prometheus Gate of dear old Elden House. Straight ahead of you, in University Place, the braziers burn bright atop the Tower of Empire. You just wanted to drop your cases and run. Run down to old Carol and see if Gina Varden's still ruling the roost in the School of Difference Engineering. Run down to the Five Keys pub and start an argument over a pint of VPO. Run to Hobson Muse and find that it's still there, along with the whole Bofax crew. Neek and Sammy and Baz and Alistair. All of you silly teenagers again. <laughs> you didn't run. Because it's not the same. Not the way time works, sad to say. No... We've got the lightning and the rain, but ne'er shall we five meet again. Especially since we're down to four. Three. Yes, only three left now. 
Sweet mercy, it still doesn't seem real. Yes, well, change happens, even at Aldergate. The students are a lot younger for a start. Just a bunch of kids now, not like when you were fifteen. But the Office of Invitation still knows how to pick them. Mad as balloons, the lot. Or at least the ones you've run across so far. How many are there, do you suppose? In residence, that is. Once a student, always a student. That's the Aldergate way. But you're less concerned about the ones who've spread their wings and wandered off to be agronomists and bioethicists and provisional governors, or whatever it is other Aldergations do when they're done here. No doubt the total pop is about the same as it was in your day, but back then you weren't responsible for looking after it. Baz will know. Baz could tell you how many paperclips the university has. But then paperclips generally stay put and behave themselves. Altergations go scattering off to the four corners without notice, armed with a restless thirst for knowledge and an ironclad sense of entitlement. Five thousand, maybe? Ten thousand? There's thirty colleges at, say, three hundred resident scholars each. But then you've got to factor in all these semi-emancipated ones who've set up in the glorious slums outside the colleges proper. Good luck counting them. It's not as if you gave notice when you left. Hmm... That's no good, is it? You can't start your reign not knowing the size of your kingdom. Perhaps you could ask the Knights of St. Bernard to take a census. Ooh, that's a point. It'll be your job to give those volunteer heroes their New Year's wassail before long. Not sure if that's an ancient tradition or just something Sir Reggie started, but you're not going to be the one who ends it. Where would Aldergate be without the KSB patrolling the dark corners of her libraries and laboratories, passing out life-saving rations of chocolate and Irish coffee? The student mortality rate would spike overnight. They saved your bacon a time or two, late nights at Bucky when you ran out of snacks before you ran out of ideas. We are a flock of odd ducks, and no mistake. Who'd take on such a madhouse, eh? Ah, au contraire. The poor are mad. The rich are merely eccentric. And the altergations are not to be disturbed while they're working. Well, the ones you've seen so far certainly aren't letting the side down. Hopefully it's just a biased sample. Students who freely choose to mess about outside on a late November evening right before a thunderstorm may not be representative of the overall population. Still, odd ducks indeed. But not a bad lot, all things considered. You quite appreciated the chap with the stitchy hooded coat who was waiting to hail you on your arrival. He'll have fallen to his death by now. But he seemed nice enough, waving to you from his perch atop the barbican and shouting something that sounded Slavic but encouraging. 
Then there was the team of artistes who were turning the stretch of road in front of Queensmead into a trompe l'oeil persistence of memory with coloured chalk. It's all washed into the order, no doubt, but perhaps that's the point of it. A meditation on impermanence, something like that. Hard to say. Where the arts are concerned, you are that lowest of creatures, an uninformed enthusiast. Sometimes. Not quite so enthusiastic at the moment. Not about that lot hanging about on the pentangle, at least. A silent troop in white masks. You didn't much care for them, and the twist of it is you can't for the life of you say why. You like a bit of masquerade as a general rule, but it's not as if they were causing any trouble. Actually, you've no idea what they were doing. Whatever it was, they'd finished doing it by the time you arrived. You'd made your turn up through the archway between Elden House and Kermantle, and trudged up Halley Alley toward your new home. Emerging from the narrows onto the pent, well, there they were. Must have been a dozen of them, taking apart some sort of scaffold or platform, loading the bits onto a pushcart they'd got parked under the scholar's tree. By torchlight as well. Not like the gas ones on the barbican, either. Actual bits of wood with flames on. You stopped for a moment, to rest the old shoulders and have a look at what was up. And they all stopped and looked at you. Didn't say anything, just looked, and kept on looking, even after you bumbled the last few yards to the manse's doorstep. That ought to have been a pretty little moment. Your grand arrival, master of the house where once ye served. Exterior, knight. Adrian Ward, smart and modern, framed by the dark arch of the doorway, flanked by the twisting trunks of ancient clinging ivies. But you couldn't stop to enjoy it, not with them staring like that. They might have come to help with bags. They might at least have laughed when you dropped that ridiculous ye olde iron key, the one Baz left on your nightstand when you agreed to take the job. Heavy monster, nearly broke your toe, and left a distinct crease on the cap of your left zardelli. Ugh. They got right in amongst you, those masked ones. It isn't every day one gets to see the new vice-chancellor hop about on one leg until he nearly trips and dies on his own suitcase. And yet, not so much as a giggle from these incognito so-and-sos. Uncanny. You may not know art, but you know what you don't like. Then again, perhaps they're not art at all, just a club of some sort. One of those student societies you never joined. Not a useful one like the KSB. More like that naked apiary society. The one based out of Tozan College that does those terribly tasteful fundraising calendars with strategically placed bees. Or what are they called? The ones who stick on monks' robes and sprint the high street from East Gate to the Tempire on the first of every month. 
the time savers, yes, working to slow the Earth's rotation. As good an excuse to get sloshed as any. Ah, well, you'll just have to learn to love them all, won't you? They're all yours now. You have them, whether you get them or not. And the real kick is that whatever it is the masked ones are up to, it's probably pretty good. Got to broaden yourself, self. And so you shall, like it or no. Plenty of opportunities for horizon expansion. You've come for the sciences, self, my lad, but you will be staying for the arts. Your suggested schedule of appearances, author Bathsheba Folks, is dripping with opening nights and museum exhibitions and memorial concerts and things. The old dinner jacket will be putting in its hours, and no mistake. Well, nothing you can't handle. Just stick to your prepared remarks, and try not to spill champagne on any old masters or priceless fossils. Oh, speaking of old masters, and priceless fossils for that matter, who should you have spied passing by Elden House but Dr. Kilbury? You only saw him for a moment, turning in at Promy Gate, but you can't be mistaken. Good old Prof. K, large as life. A bit larger, actually. The chap seems to have packed on a few, since you trickled into his little philosophical salon your first semester. But he looks hale and hearty and not a day over a million. Ah, Dr. Kilbury. Does he know you've taken the job? I suppose he must do. If he's a prof, he's a regent. But is he, though? You always assumed, but... That's funny. You've never really thought about the old boy's ancient history. He does go by doctor, so he didn't start off at Aldergate. Ah. Quick diarist's note. Uh, this is one of those quirks the university has hung on to over the millennia. Aldergate does not award degrees. Rejects the whole idea, in fact, patently and explicitly refuses to acknowledge the notion that there's a point of good enough in the process of learning and discovery. Once you accept your invitation, you're a student to your grave. What that means is that anybody who goes by doctor this or that was invited after they'd already got their degree elsewhere. It's not common, but certainly not unheard of. I may be mixing up my history, but I think the oldest student ever invited to Aldergate was... 103? Something like that. The youngest, I believe, was that Milanolo girl. Uh, the younger one played the violin. She was... five or six? Didn't end well. But anyhow, if you're breathing, you're fair game for the Office of Invitation and sometimes they'll scoop up well-established experts to bring in a bit of outsider perspective. The thing to remember, though, is that at Aldergate there isn't much of a distinction made between the teachers and the taught. The colleges may pluck bright stars from other constellations, but once they arrive they're no different from any other invited student. Most study is self-directed, 
and anyone can hold seminars or give lectures if there's somebody who wants to listen to them, which there often is, because, of course, anyone who's been invited to Aldergate is probably pretty hot stuff in one area or another. So, most of the active teaching tends to be done by whoever's pushed their way to the cutting edge of something, leading lights who develop their own little cult followings of students with similar interests. Anyhow, the point is that each college only has a limited number of actual professorships to hand out, and that's more about politics than anything else. Professors get a seat in a regent house, and regent house votes on university policies and appointments, including, well, mine. For a moment, while writing, I couldn't recall whether my old pal and mentor Kilbury was an actual bona fide professor. But then I did. Of course Kilbury's a prof. You've seen him tarted up in his full academicals. At your first wakefire binge, no less. <laughs> There's a pothole in memory lane. Still brings you out in cold sweat to think of it. You and a lot of your fellow freshers were being chivied in your skivvies by a few good-natured second years, thrice round the pent and then down through University Place to the mingle for a baptismal dip. You nearly stampeded a whole pack of professors, going to or from some formal do in full regalia. They probably wished they could join you. Aldergate at midsummer is no place for vermilion capes and ermine cowls. Of course, Kilbury wouldn't sweat if you boiled him. You saw him skip spryly from the path of the scantily clad mob and take shelter in the garden and purse gatehouse. <laughs> you saw him again later that day, too, at the bonfire on the pent. After Sir Reggie had roared his benediction upon the assembled crowd, the great pyre collapsed with a whoosh, and you were swept up in the ancient and sacred rite of Ring Around the Blazy. At that point in the festivities you were wearing blue paint and not much else, and had half a tumbler of absinthe inside you. Naturally you gravitated into the inner orbit, where the thickest crush of madcaps reeled round and round the feu de joie. Good to let go once in a while, eh? You'd fifteen years at sea to shake out of your skin, and shake you did. <laughs> Remember how the stars looked that night through the wavering heat haze. Heat haze. Heat stroke. You'd been out in the sun all day, and for all the KSB's efforts to pass out water bottles, you worked yourself into a pretty bad way. When the inevitable uprising happened, you stumbled away from the marsh and into the darkness, hoping to do it through the Kermantle fence. First, however, you'd got to get through the outer ring, aldergations with fine clothes or stiff backs, welcoming the wakefire at a sedate stroll. That time old Kilbury wasn't quite so nimble in getting out of your way. <laughs> you spent the next week hoping he hadn't got a good look at you. You'd already developed a hopeless crush on the old brute. 
But the next Sunday, when you tottered down into that subterranean slaughterhouse for his seminar, still raw of skin and sore of head, Why, here's the young Pict. Then he slapped you on just the burnedest bit of your shoulder, and boomed in your poor peeling ear. And how are we this fine morning, Master Ward? Ardet nec consumitur? Well, what did he expect from a chap of tender years and sheltered upbringing? Anyhow, the point is that, yes, Kilber is a full prof, and that means he's a regent. That means he must have voted for you, or against. You really ought to arrange a reunion. You've scads to talk about, and after all, he's how you met Sammy in the first place. Alistair, too, in a roundabout way. You didn't see the police anywhere on your way in this evening. No flashing lights and crime scene do not cross tape, at least. That's something. Good to know that we can still keep things quiet, even without Sir Reggie to bully the locals into line. It really is just like old times, isn't it? No. And also, yes, yes, just like old times. Those cracks are starting to gush pretty freely. Strange being back here. Strange decision to have come back, really. Not that you had a choice. Well, no, no, that's not right. You couldn't carry on, but you didn't have to come here. Nevertheless, here you are. Yes, here you are. Here in the grand old manse of the Vice-Chancellor of Aldergate University. You're a long way from Wall Street, self-old chum. Or from Silicon Valley, for that matter. Or Cabotocho, Sao Paulo, Davos, Dishihon, even Paternoster Square. The separation's bigger than the distance, too. You're out, out of it at last. Out and in. You're the tiniest matryoshka, tucked away inside this little bubble of firelight, surrounded by crumbling books and musty boxes, encased in medieval stone. Back in time. Back in Aldergate. No regrets, eh? No backward glances. No sense turning yourself into a pillar of salt at this point. Best to keep your eyes on the path ahead, because the past is close behind you. Seen or unseen, heard or unheard, the hounds are at your heels. Uh, ut in Arcadia. Bastardo.
What do you suppose they're saying about you right now? Nothing pleasant, but you can live with that. And living is goal number one. So what, if anything, do they intend to do about you? The twist of it is that, even though they haven't actually agreed to let you renounce your legacy yet, they have cut you off from Voxen. Well, think they have, at any rate. Your bit of cleverness with siblings all very well. Brilliant, some might say. Still, all it gives you is the tiniest peek through the narrowest keyhole. A probabilistic analysis, chatter volume, patterns, clusters. A heuristic assessment of those sacred signals that may apply to your interests. Can't tell what they're saying, but oh, how they are saying it. Well, better than silence, what? Only thing worse than being talked about, all that. But the silence will come. And, after the silence, a conclave in your honor. Depending on what's decided, your tenure here may be a brief one. These walls have bid defiance to armies, but your old chums know strange angles that think little of wood and stone. Yes. However, you've got some peculiar angles of your own. Or will do if they give you the chance. Which they may. It's not their way to act in haste. Not their way to act at all if they can help it. After all, isn't that the whole point of bastardom? To be that still point of the turning world. Neither movement from nor towards. Neither ascent nor decline. Sadly, you have had to decline, and if they don't ascend, that'll be the end of you. But it will take time. The unheard voice may whinge, but the unseen hand won't move. Not against one of their own. Not unless they decide it absolutely has to. Mind you, they'll get off the mark pretty quick if they put two and two and two together. But that's a complicated sum, and runs so counter to their way of thinking that it may just pass them by. Meanwhile, Aldergate is as safe a haven as you could wish for a new beginning. They'll not find infanticide so easy this time around. <sighs> Too much to hope for an entirely fresh start, of course. And that's just the bastards. <laughs> Beware, for you shall be haunted by the ghosts of Venture's past. Ugh. Don't even joke about ghosts. There must be hordes of the things skulking about here, and you'll work yourself into a nervous wreck if you start thinking about them. How long is this blackout going to last, do you suppose? You only brought up a fistful of candles with you, and you're not going down for more. The firelight's all very well, but it flickers, makes things move about in the shadows. 
Got to have sane and steady candles protecting your perimeter. Shh. Focus now on the mundane and the irritating. Tomorrow we'll find you alive and well and ready to be bothered. <laughs> Who will be the first to come begging, do you suppose? Tom, probably. Tom the Usurper. They may find that, contrary to expectations, a global empire of technology and data science incubators doesn't just run itself. <laughs> but, no. No, it won't be Tom. They'd rather choke than ask for your advice. In re the management of, <clears throat> Ward Holdings. Or whatever they're going to call it now. Bah. No, you won't be hearing from Tom. Still, the rest of your sundered empire is bound to bob to the surface sooner or later. Billy Rostov ought to be all right. Cutting Ristics out of Quip and spinning it off on its own probably saved both of them. And Illy may not even know that anything's happened. Michelle now. Michelle knows dashed well, but she'll be clever enough not to blink. Quip will sail serenely on, posting the same quarterly losses as always. And if the bastards didn't spot her before, they won't now. She'll lose a bit of sleep, but you're the last person she'd come pestering. For all she knows, you ordered the bloodletting yourself. Cheaper than severance packages, although Ultirat doesn't work for free. She's canny enough to keep her head down, and she's embezzled enough from you by now to bunk off and go to ground if she has to. Yes, Michelle will take care of Michelle. Hmm. CMAX is done. All but the original Copper Mountain extraction line, and there's nothing there to trouble you with. And Cryptech? Cryptech is doing almost indecently well without you. Forget begging. It's a marvel Kirk Bryce hasn't come round to brag. With a bit of luck, he'll fly his wingsuit into a mountain, or at least be too busy with his bloody TED Talks to come bothering you. That ought more or less to do it, as far as the immediate loose ends. You'll have to keep your promises to the Foundation, of course. Maria Lugo will skin you if you aren't there for the Ward Scholars Ceremony in person, but that's only once a year. Anyhow, she's well on her way to being Secretary of Education. You could replace her with somebody less qualified. So much for erstwhile friends. How about your erstwhile enemies? No longer a rival, you're now a big fat opportunity. Or at least you look like one. They'll come sniffing round, with their guts still hanging out from the last time your paths crossed. And won't they just be the best buddies the clockwork butcher never had? Come on, Adrian, be a sport. What's a little private sector partnership between pals? It's all for science, after all. All for the greater good. Let us come over to your house. Let us play with your new toys.
Ah, yes, all the lovely shiny toys. <laughs> oh, how you've missed them. Every day since you left here, ever since you took Mammon's shilling, you've been cut off from the university and her academic bounty. You've had to content yourself with pressing your little frost-bitten nose to the glass, fawning hopelessly over the Aldergate network of research centers and laboratories. And now there's the real prize plum. The Midwinter Hill Center for Integrated Science. The prettiest painted pony in the shop. Well, you like the look of it, at least. The new erection just north of the bypass does have its critics. Some wag from Popular Science magazine dubbed it Bonehenge, but this isn't a beauty contest. It's what's inside that counts. What's inside? What's going to be inside is one Mr. Adrian Ward. You've got to get Baz to give you the grand tour. Tomorrow, if she's got the time. If she says she hasn't, you can threaten to go poking about unescorted. Just take care to pace yourself, won't you? For the last two weeks, you've slowed down to Andante, and it's gone all right. A few blips of lost time and the occasional visitation, but no sneaking off for a nice moonlit drown. Take heed, and don't go throwing that clackety brain of yours into top gear all of a sudden, or else the transmission may jump right out the top of your head. After all, what's the rush? Your new kingdom is vast, and you've got to look after all of it, not just the bits that go ping. Yes, indeed. Adrian Ward, 51st Vice-Chancellor of Aldergate University. That's a sacred trust, self-old boy. It's not just the bastards. All of history has its eyes on you. One mustn't disappoint now, must one? Well, then. Our hero has said goodbye to his somewhat questionable past, and fled for sanctuary to the home of his somewhat questionable youth. What do you think? Has he made a clean escape? Is the familiar old closet in which he's hidden himself free of boyhood skeletons? We shall just have to see, shan't we? Join me every second Sunday at thealtergatepapers.com. Find the Altergate Papers on Apple Podcasts as well. And spread the word, won't you? This may be my story, but I fear that it's likely to become everybody's problem. Until next time, I am and shall remain your humble servant, Adrian Ward. Thank you for listening to Tuesday Terror right here on the Mutual Audio Network. 
please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for action, adventure, mystery, and crime drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, the Saturday Story Circle for kids and family alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.